Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection is the perfect Christmas gift for children, grandchildren, and godchildren ages 5 through 9. This new resource is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040. You can also purchase Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for December, Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection, 1-800-325-3040 or issuesetc.org. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're teaching a Sunday School lesson with Pastor Tom Baker. Tom, let's go to John 6 here where Jesus feeds the 5,000. What kind of signs and miracles was Jesus doing that was attracting all these multitudes in John's Gospel? Yes. John's Gospel has the feeding of the 5,000, but we also want to remember that that feeding of the 5,000 is found in all four Gospels. And therefore, when you take a look at the feeding of the 5,000, it's in Matthew 14, Mark 6, Luke 9, and the Sunday School literature puts it in John chapter 6. What miracles was Jesus doing? All you need to do is go to the first chapters of John, and after John the Baptist exalts Christ, Jesus meets this woman of Samaria who asks him for a drink of water. And he talks to her that everyone who drinks of my water will be thirsty again, this water from the well, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. And then Jesus shows that he knows the life of the woman. She believes in him as the Messiah, goes and talks to the people in her city. They believe he's the Messiah. And then they come out and listen to Jesus for a few days. Then Jesus healed an official's son. In fact, where he made water into wine at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. And he asked Jesus, could you heal my son? And Jesus simply said, your son will live. Now he believed that. And when he got home, he was told that his son had recovered at the same time that Jesus had said, your son will live. Then you have the healing at the pool on the Sabbath. Uh, there was a man there. He had been invalid for 38 years. And Jesus told him to stand up and walk. And he did so. And so we've got a number of miracles of Jesus doing these miracles and believing in him. And many people began to follow him. What does Jesus say about the approaching crowds? Well, in John, he says, he went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. And so when Jesus goes up on the mountain, he sat down and... This was during the Feast of the Passover. 
and therefore he saw a large crowd coming toward him, and he was preaching to them. But then he asked Philip in chapter 6, verse 5, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And John says he said this to test Philip because Jesus knew what he was going to be doing ahead of time. But that was a test for Philip. How does Philip answer, and and how did the disciples end up getting those five loaves and two fish that we know so much about? Well, Philip knew what needed to be done, and he answered Jesus, well, we've got 200 denarii, and that was about a day's wage, each denarii. But that wouldn't be enough to feed 5,000 men, not including the women and children that were also there. So he said, Jesus, 200 denarii, Philip says, would not be enough to buy bread for each of them, even to get a little. But then the disciple Andrew, who was Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? And Jesus said, well, had the people sit down, and there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish as much as they wanted. And the people were filled all because of two fish and five loaves. That was a tremendous miracle that Jesus did. So even though the disciples said, we have nothing but five loaves and two fish, Jesus ordered the people to sit down in groups of 50. And then when they sat down, what's interesting, and all lessons say this, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke this food and gave them to the disciples to eat before the crowd. Now, that would have been a real miracle. Now, when I was at the seminary, there were some profs that didn't believe miracles in the Bible. And we actually had a textbook that we were given. And here's what it said to explain the miracle. We were told that the people did come out to hear Jesus, but they knew that they wouldn't get back in time to eat. So they had put, oh, knapsacks or ways in which they had food under their robes so that they could eat it when they were hungry. And Jesus had that little boy willing to give his two fish and five loaves, and that embarrassed everyone, and they took food from under their clothes and shared it with one another, and that's how they were filled. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that Jesus fed them with the five loaves and the two fish. Once more, we hear from the Bible something that 
doesn't make any sense to us. How can you break up two fish and be enough to feed 5,000 people? In fact, it was even more than that because when they were done eating, it says in Luke chapter 9, and all ate and were filled, and what was left over was gathered up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. And that's also mentioned in Matthew 14 and Mark 6. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those, now, a lot of times people say, well, there were only 5,000. No, you have to look again at Matthew. And that's why I encourage the Sunday school teachers to read the Matthew 14, the Mark 6, and the Luke 9, which says, and those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. And that's also a, a very important point. In John, it says that when they had taken up the fragments and the people had seen the sign, that means miracle that Jesus had done, this is indeed the prophet who has to come into the world. Now, John the baptizer had been considered a prophet. Nobody yet was calling Jesus God. But when Jesus perceived that they were to come and take him by force, and only John mentions this, to take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. And that's when the disciples are in a boat on the water and there's a big storm and there comes Jesus walking on the water, the next event. But the feeding of the 5,000 is really important to show that God meets our needs. And therefore, from five barley loaves and two fish, how more than 5,000 people were fed is just a real miracle. What is the reaction of the crowds? Well, they do become amazed. And as I said, they consider Jesus, maybe he is a prophet. And that's said specifically in John chapter 6, verse 14. This indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Now, for some that could have meant he was the Messiah. For others, remember Jesus asked his disciples at one time, who do people say that I am? Some said, well, you are John the baptizer who has been raised from the dead. Others said, you are a prophet of the Old Testament. But then Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to Peter, you did not think of that yourself, but that was given to you by my father in heaven. Therefore, Peter got it right, but he did not understand the full ramifications of being the Messiah. For if he had read the Old Testament, 
he would have known that the Messiah would be pierced in hands and feet, Psalm 22. He would be whipped. That was Isaiah 53. He would end up dying on a cross because our sins were going to be placed on him. So he had a recognition that he was the Messiah, but it wasn't until the resurrection that the disciples realized that he was God himself. So why would the people want to come and take Jesus by force? They didn't like the kings and the rulers that they had, particularly since they were under jurisdiction of the Romans. Remember, the Pharisees complain about tax collectors who were hired by the Romans that were Jews, and they felt them to be betrayers. So if Jesus could become king, then they wouldn't have to be worried about food, because look at how he had fed them, housing, security, and other things. As they read in the Old Testament, there were prophets that God used to defeat the enemies of Israel. And that was a hope among the Jews at that time. In fact, even after Jesus rose from the dead, he had promised that the unbelief of Israel would lead to the destruction of Jerusalem, which occurred about 30 plus years after Jesus rose from the dead in 70 AD, because the people did not have proper faith in God. They worshiped other idols, and even when they did the sacrifices and the various rules of the temple, they did that thinking that they could boast about it because they were so good at it, and that's what saved them, which, of course, it didn't because nobody is saved by obedience to the law. Obedience to the law only comes after you have faith in Jesus Christ, and that obedience is actually a way of thanking God that you have been totally saved. So works cannot get to save you since they don't even occur in God's eyes until you realize you have been totally saved. It's a great law and gospel passage. What is the long gospel of this lesson? Well, the law is that a lot of times we don't feel that God gives us what we need. So here's all these people. They came out to hear Jesus, and they're hungry. And the disciples don't think that Jesus can give the people what they need, enough food. The gospel is that God has promised to provide for all our earthly and spiritual needs as he sees fit. And so instead of the disciples saying, well, we don't even have enough money and we only got five pieces of bread and two fish, they should have said, Lord, we put this in your hands. How can you feed these people when we are so far away from a city to buy food we don't have enough money to buy food, but we trust in you. And so therefore, what can you do for us? 
That's the attitude that the Sunday school teachers should try and help the children to understand and give examples of how God has fulfilled many of their needs when they thought that he wasn't even around. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thanks. And thank you. Thursday on Issues Etc., we'll talk with Dr. David Adams about a New York Times story titled, Archaeologists Devise a Better Clock for Biblical Times. We'll have Dr. Adam Francisco answer the question, did Christians borrow the virgin birth story from other ancient religions? And we'll continue our marriage enrichment series with Pastor David Peterson. I'm Todd Wilkin. I'll talk with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Issues Etc. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. I am beautiful because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am accepted because I'm a part of his family through Jesus' shed blood. Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, Illinois, shines the light of Christ in one of the most impoverished cities in America. Learn how to support their mission work at unityesl.org. Unityesl.org. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I say yes to God in His ways. What makes Christ Our Savior Lutheran Church in Freeburg, Illinois so special? Our new members talk about the family atmosphere, the welcoming people, and the outstanding music. But most importantly, you'll be confronted with your sin and comforted with the assurance that Jesus has removed that sin so that you can live each day as his baptized and forgiven child. Christ Our Savior Lutheran Church is at 612 North State Street in Freeburg, Illinois. Sunday worship is at 9 a.m., Sunday school and Bible classes at 1020 a.m. Call 618-539-5664.